Coming to you from Strings and Things Studio in Ventura, California, I'm Anne. I'm Katie. I'm Karen. And this is the Strings Unraveled Book Club. Hello. Hello. Hi. Um, so we read The Witch's Heart by Genevieve Gornichek. Yep. And I was very pleased when I was listening to the audiobook. Yeah. That I, how to pronounce.com did not lead me astray. <laughs> I did, a, I think I did a fair job. There were a lot of things to pronounce right? in that book. <laughs> I only tried Angerboda. Yeah. Angerboda. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Soft A, hard A, whatever. The witch's heart opens with literal heartbreak and flames. Angerboda has been burned three times and her heart has been stabbed and removed for refusing to help Odin peer into the future. Yet still she lives, largely stripped of her powers and reduced to foraging for roots and snaring rabbits in a forest at the edge of the world. When a god, the frost giant trickster Loki, Returns her gouged out heart. Angervoda is distrustful, but as Loki continues to insinuate himself into Angervoda's life, distrust f- turns first to affection and then to deep love. The witch and the god have three fate-possessed children together: the wolf Fenrir, the Midgard serpent Jormun. Gondor. Jormungand. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. Because I'm like, I only listened to it for 11 <laughs> hours, but now I'm now I'm having um, stress seeing it written. <laughs> Jormungand. And the half-dead girl and future queen of the dead, Hell. Together with the, appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> together with the help of the Huntress Scotty, Angerboda attempts to shield her growing family from Odin's searching eye, but the threat that her u- unusual family poses to the gods in Asgard can't be ignored for long, and every step they take pushes them collectively towards a climactic conflict. Ragnarok. <laughs> I'm just scanning real quick to see if there's more. The rest is very editorialized, so that's okay. what we're here for. <laughs> and that uh, synopsis is from bookpage.com. Okay. Um, the review was by Laura Hubbard. So, best question. Um, what are you guys knitting? <laughs> <laughs> what, what are you working on while we talk? I am working on a very simple uh, sock head hat in some uh, Tweety Ireland wool that I bought nice. when we were there. Um, it, oh, I remember. It's like a neat, because it looks, it always looks black when I first look yeah, at it. Yeah, it's navy. It's definitely got black, like, spun into it. This oh. is my, like, purse project because mm-hmm. it's small so that is what i'm working on today because i forgot to bring anything else this morning ah. when i left at <laughs> 7 30 in the morning <laughs> on your your rush out the door yep how about you karen i am um, i cast on some mitts on really fat needles to go with another project that i finished which we'll talk about on the next podcast <laughs> stay tuned yep <laughs> but i kind of love a mindless big chunky yarn yeah has he it's this is a dash by barocco and it's all cream which having anything made with cream is really me throwing caution to the wind but there's that <laughs> dash of color that is just enough i'm hoping to save me nice. my, my mom gave marabella some fabric to sew something for herself for christmas and bella was very quiet after receiving it and my mom wasn't sure if she liked it i'm like oh i'm sure she liked it she was like 
I'm coming down from a sugar rush or something. So I talked to Bella about it later. She's like, it's white, mom. <laughs> I can't have white things. <laughs> I love that she knows herself. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Um, I understand how that's so. Feels. Actually, we yep. want to ice dye this fabric at some point. Oh, fun! <laughs> oh, that'd be because awesome. it's not just like white cotton; it's like a Swiss dot or something. It's mm-hmm. very, very pretty. The texture might show up. Really, makes it do some cool yeah. things. Yeah. Um, I am knitting more baby hats, which my husband has put the store of baby presents for future coworkers' babies in a box in his classroom labeled "baby parts." <laughs> it was like. As a as Just a keep the children on their toes, teacher. yeah, yeah. Has, like it's a cabinet that he doesn't open that often. Yeah, and so every once in a while, when he does open, the kids are like, "What's in there?" And he's he's can't wait for the Baby first parts. one to be like, "What does that say?" <laughs> um, see for yourself, right? <laughs> um, so what do you guys think of this book? I thoroughly enjoyed this book. I loved it so much. Wonderful. Well, great, great news. She has a second book, which Mm. is, um, what is it called? I'll come back to that. I'll Um, I'll look it up. I got the computer. It actually, I actually found this book by way of the second book because it's kind of a new, um, a new publication. Mm. Um, But I always like to start with the first novel Mm -hmm. um, because people's styles change and evolve. The Weaver and the Witch Queen. Yes. Uh, so that will definitely be on a future to read yeah, for me. Yeah, I really well. liked it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm so happy to hear that. Um, I also really liked it. Uh, I really enjoy Norse mythology, but yeah. I don't know very much about it. I don't either. I I was like, I know a little bit about Norse mythology. And then I was like reading the book and then also like doing my own like researchy reading. I was like, I don't know as much as I thought I no. did, but I learned a lot. Yeah. I realize Marvel is probably not the best right? source for Marvel. Yeah. No, Norse but it's mythology. a good intro. It's so an intro. What I don't mind about, there's, there's two thoughts on that for me. What I don't mind about the MCU's influence on our understanding of North, Norse mythology is I don't mind um, picturing uh, Tom... Tom Hilson. Thank yeah. you. I wanted to make sure I said the right Tom last yeah. name. Because uh, <laughs> he's pretty dreamy. <laughs> oh, yeah. He was totally the Loki in my head reading yeah. this book. Yeah. So thank you, MCU, for that. But <laughs> and, what? And now his this Loki's view of Thor. I'm like, yeah. I know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the oh, hammer, yeah. hammer with the short handle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so let's not yeah what did he say? he says something about when he says that he says um we won't go into what that might mean <laughs> uh He's but every bit of loki that i love loki is odin's brother yeah odin's brother and, and not thor's brother and yeah there's so many things like i feel like i'm relatively well versed in like greek mythology right but yeah. i was like i guess i don't know anything about norse mythology uh-huh. and i was reading this in like James was like, what is your book about? And I told him and he was like, oh, okay, cool. And then I told him like, when something happened, he's like, oh yeah, he gives birth to an eight-legged horse, huh? And I was like, how do you I know, know that? that? He's <laughs> like, you didn't study North mytho- Norse mythology in high school? I'm like, no, um, no sir, I went to pri- I went to public school yeah. and you went to private school. Yep. So, no, but we did not study Norse mythology. I had a mix, but I was a private Catholic school, so I don't think it was on the agenda. No, probably not. <laughs> but we, I mean, I think we learned about Greek mythology because that appears in like Greek, European, but not Norse, right? And it's funny because they're both two ancient European. Uh-huh. based cultures so why is greek so yeah it's so prevalent like, ubiquitous yeah. yeah 
Um, it made me want to learn mo- more about yeah. Norse mythology for sure. And I, reference so often in literature. I think that's yeah. why. I think exposed. we do Greek mythology because of Aesop's fables. You think so? That people see them as cautionary tales, as the type of thing that we can all have, has a good lesson to be taught. And the Vikings are considered just violent. Right. The Norse Vikings. mythology is a little wild. Right? <laughs> oh my but I gosh. love it. I mean, so much more entertaining. I love the show The Vikings, which if you have you guys watched. I love watched, that show. Not. Okay, Katie. I designed something after um, Agatha. Yeah, you're in for a treat. Yeah. If you are interested. Oh, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. It's very good. I haven't enjoyed the second kind of spin-off series as much, but it's also it's also very good. I just really like the first series. Uh-huh. Um it's Women very boy good. women badass warriors. Yeah. Yeah, it's really, it's really good. And my favorite horror movie is Midsummer. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'm writing that one down. Oh, I learned so much by like It's a total with one S O M M E R A R. Somar. Yeah. Somar. Yeah. It's a daylight scary movie. I have not watched it, but I know what happens in it. I'm not watching that movie. It's so good. And it's one of the. What if I I bet. That podcast, I know what you did, uh, or was it called? Yeah, I, I I saw what you did. I saw what you did. I bet they disp- I bet they know something about Midsummer. If I listen to them, I won't be as scared. Okay, sure. I mean, well, it's you know, not like ruined. Like this one's yeah. one that's very upsetting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not, it's is... not that I don't think it, that it's scary, but it's the disturbing I mean, it's that very, I don't want to watch. It's a very disturbing and like. Um, suspenseful more than yeah. scary, like dreadful. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. My eyes light up. <laughs> yeah, I love that movie. I love feeling <laughs> dreadful. <laughs> I might. I mean, I work in a funeral home. Um, so, um, Midsummer is one of those things that I really, really love. That I know that people will judge me after they find after they experience it themselves like if you tell someone like yeah. watch this movie yeah. i love it yeah. they're gonna be like what the hell is wrong with Anne? <laughs> yes yeah. yes <laughs> and that's it okay. doesn't surprise me that you love that movie no, but i no. know you yeah. so yeah um like there's a few books out there where it's like that's a great book but um but don't yeah read it. <laughs> like like once I know you've read it, then we both know we're both sickos. You know? Yeah. I don't want to be the one that brings it up. Right. But. <laughs> um, so we already answered immediately one of the questions. How familiar are you with Norse mythology? Not, not enough. Not enough. No. I want to know more. There's something so like um, mystical about Norse mythology, mm-hmm. too. Like, And to have this experience through Mother Witch yes. is... Um, like really solidified that mysticism. Um, and I thought the author did such a good job at making you feel like it was very authentic. Like the yeah. way that she told the story, it didn't feel like a modern day like novel or anything. It no. felt very like legendary. Even yeah. though Angerboda says a lot of modern things. Yeah, her and Loki, the way that they talk to each other very is very modern. relatable. Yes. <laughs> I think that the opening of this novel is one of the most artful openings mm-hmm. of a story. Mm. I can't think of something that, you know, the idea that you should always start in the midst of something. Yes. So you like, feel so. like you're interrupting something. First mm. of all, I felt very disoriented mm. 
like I actually had to start it over and read it again. <laughs> I was it might have helped me that I was actually like reading Mm-hmm. the book at least for the first half before i realized like oh i gotta put the pedal to the metal and finish this book <laughs> um so because i was like leisurely reading it and i think maybe that helped me like integrate into it because i didn't feel too lost that's good but what but a, if i was listening to it scene. i might have yes and but what a scene to come upon like if they ever made this into a movie first of all tread I... carefully <laughs> secondly <laughs> um and of course, it wouldn't be Tom Hiddleston because no. he's like, oh, this is a Loki different Loki. again. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> um, I wanted to be him. I know. Me too. Uh, <laughs> but this is on, a Marvel very different on. Loki uh, than than yeah. Marvel Loki. And also the same. It's a very different so Thor good. and Odin and, yeah. and everybody else. They could be the same. I, they I bet. I bet. Uh, I feel like Thor is Thor. But I bet Chris yeah. Hemsworth could play an a-hole. No problem. Yes. <laughs> he, just, he needs a red beard to be yeah. this Thor. But other yeah. than that, yes. Yeah. That's I'm good. fine with seeing him in anything. So Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> my thing that's been you know the living rent-free in my head is Melissa McCarthy talking about telling him to shut up when he started singing something. I didn't. I don't know this <laughs> it's story. It's so good. She's, um, they were like all together for something and... He starts singing. Um, they're like, oh, you know that song? And, da, da, da. and then he just starts belting it out. And she's like, shut up. <laughs> Stop it. You can't have that, too. <laughs> you can't be a good singer <laughs> and look like that. Oh, and God. nice and talented right. and athletic. He's six foot three. What? I looked it up last night because we nice. watched Thor Ragnarok last uh-huh. night. And like the height difference between him and Mark Ruffalo. I was like, I can't imagine Mark Ruffalo is short. He's like 5'10", I He's think. He's like 5... Yeah, it was something yeah. like He's that. He's an acceptable height, but I was like, Chris but Hemsworth like must be a giant. He is a giant. Is. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Loki's... Or not Loki. Tom Hiddleston is 6'2". Yeah, so. he's not short either. He's no. just more alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, wiry. Um, which is how she describes yeah. this Loki. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. I love in that... When I stand their, my first assessment. Yeah, when she's cleaning him up after the gods show his... So his mouth... Mm-hmm. and she's like trying not to peek yes <laughs> like oh yes. except this loki is blonde which tom hilston is a natural blonde. <laughs> you're right he's yeah. got like light brown hair right? yeah. yeah yeah he could go blonde easy Hit easy yeah yeah that's enough to make I it mean, different enough for the me the dark looks really good on him i just but. picture him in in this book it wasn't it wasn't marvel loki he seemed a lot more like young and impish yes. to me like yeah. immature um but he would be that at any age because he's not young by the... I mean, clearly he's Thor's uncle. Right? Yeah, but it just... The does, way that he... act like an uncle in power, though. Well, it's that person who never gets older, like emotionally older. Yeah. You're like, yeah. we've met this person. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, Anka Boda, she is not physically aging either, Mm-mm. but she is wise. She's an old soul. Right. Yeah. Which... <laughs> She's so this isn't at her a question. <laughs> I'm going to come back to this okay, idea. Okay. I think it'll be my last Let's question. Let's move on to a question. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what did you think of Angaboda as a protagonist? What did you like or dislike about her? I had a little bit of a hard time getting her in my head because I like to try and imagine like what this person looks like or to try and come up with like a like an actor that could play this person. Mm-hmm. And I had a hard time wrapping my head around what they looked like. So, I just came up with it right now. Okay. Because I never had a clear picture of her either. I was like Googling and like looking at like, you know, the legendary portraits and, and like mm-hmm. the way that they're portrayed and, and stuff like that just to give me like a general idea. But they're all so different. So I'm mm-hmm. like, I, don't, I I really enjoyed 
her as a protagonist, but it, I had a hard time sort of like getting together with her for a minute. Um, which I wonder if that's not purposeful because we do get descriptions of her, and, that's and it so doesn't have anything to do with what they what she looks no, like. That her looks are very like. They don't matter all much. They know she. Yeah, she's hardly described, yes. except that like we get descriptions, but not. Yeah, readily. Loki yeah. thinks that she's beautiful, or mm-hmm. she's got fair hair and she's fair. But other than that, like there's mm-hmm. not like a clear description about mm-hmm. her really. Which it's interesting that you did that research to look for what she looked like uh-huh. because she looks different every time she yeah. relives her yes, life. Yes, that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wonder if that is the author's choice to reconcile and those I, and historical I also representations. Wonder if I think the author was making a point that this is a character in Norse mythology people either don't know about or don't think about or isn't remembered as well as a lot of like the big ones. But was so integral into the story, at least in this story. It's her story. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you've heard of like all of, well, not all of, but a lot of the other major players in this. But I've never heard of Angerboda. And I wonder if that has to do with the fact. And and they talk about in the book. It's like, oh, she, a witch used to live here. And people Mm -hmm. like don't remember her or sort of do remember her. And yeah, I wonder if that's purposeful. I get the sense that witches are a different type of order than the regular gods. Just like we had Titans and we had Olympians. Mm-hmm. That could be. Because w- she is a giant. She is a yeah. she is a giant. She's a so frost she's giant like a Loki. Human. Mm-hmm. I thought she's like she's a human. She's not mix. a god. She's not a god, but she's not a human cuz humans live in Midgard. Right. But I don't think Loki's a giant. He is. Yeah. He's a frost giant. A frost giant. Yeah. Okay. They say it a lot of times. He's, he's <laughs> Thor's adopted brother, except not really. Oh, yeah. That's right. And um, Scotty keeps being like you, traitor. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um. Do you, is there anything we don't like about her? Not really. I I don't. I one thing. I didn't find anything because I look at her, view her through the lens of a moth. A mom, mm-hmm. and she doesn't even she herself doesn't really remember her past lives. Mm-hmm. She doesn't. She was clearly a very different person, and something about that other person, I don't know, being maybe being burned three times and set on fire, and having her heart physically taken out, kind of changes a person. Kind of, <laughs> kind of, <laughs> like so much so they can't. The trauma has like, prevents them from <laughs> was heartless, but made her better person. Yeah. <laughs> Um. Well, now I'm, I was thinking there was one thing I didn't like, and as I was like composing my thoughts just now to enumerate it, like, no, the thing I don't like about her isn't real. Hmm. Like she tried to first of all be ignorant of the prophecy, yeah, and then she tried to tell everybody that their actions were going to cause the prophecy. Yep, and and how they because I was like. Like, she very passively causes all of this. Yes. But that's not a fair thing to to accuse her of, actually. Because, first of all, she tried to not know. Because observing a thing changes it, right? So yep. as soon as it was observed and known, um, mm-hmm. it, may have, it may have never worked this way out if, if, like, they hadn't touched this forbidden knowledge. I chalked it all up to the trauma of, again, being burned three times. And plus, that's <laughs> just this life. <laughs> Right, we don't know. (laughs) Yeah, Um, I feel I. She struck me as a person always carrying trauma. Yeah, just a lot of her reactions to survive and hide and hide and hide were just. She was so traumatized, 
that she just and once she had children she i mean she was kind of that way even before she had kids mm-hmm. so was there a scene that stuck out to you the most that like when you close the book you're thinking about later mm. i just finished it yesterday last night so for me it's all like just the the ending is relatively fresh mm-hmm. but yeah i don't know if there's like a specific scene that really like jumps out except for like the the very end that i am currently thinking about but if it had been you know a week ago i don't know what my answer would be <clears throat> so let's stop the recording we'll reconvene next week yeah. <laughs> our episode will be a week late <laughs> it's fine you guys don't mind right we, we, want, we want some accuracy in yeah. our uh, portrayals and um to me it's not so much a scene as she had even within this life she had like different lives she had her life with loki off and on she had more of her relationships. She had her relationship, her fr- deep friendship with the with the woodswoman, the hunts huntswoman, or giant Scotty. Scotty. Well, Scargi, Scar- Scotty. Scotty. It was really like Scotty. Yeah. Scotty. With a D, like Scotty, mm-hmm. like Scott. E. Did you read it or did you listen? I listened. Yeah. So I didn't see the word. The S K A D I. But yeah. but I always I, I thought I did. It was see- almost like a Scotty. But it's Scotty. Scotty. Yeah. Scotty. Well, gotcha. it was like the A was an O. Ah. Yeah. yeah. Like Scotty. Like yeah. Like your brother. My, my brother's name is Scott. Yeah. Scotty. But, it, but it's Scotty definitely a D's. D's. Yeah. D's. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the other thing that is fascinating is this language is really not like English. No. There's some overlap because it's like related to German, right? They German and the Norse languages overlap. Mm-hmm. Which I think is part of the fascination is it's that one more step away from our experience of the world. Yeah. So what alphabet do they use? I mean, is it is it still the similar letters? Because when you think of German, I think of German still uses our same alphabet. I they don't have additional same, letters. But they have but they do have things like different well, accents on German different. has the umlaut. Like they have symbols. Yeah, and, I still think they use what is it called? Like Roman Yeah. Roman characters. Yeah. But they do have some unique symbols. Yeah, because the way Scotty her name is spelled when I was like Googling these characters and looking up their like whatever's um, has an interesting character for the D mm-hmm. that I didn't, I don't know because I don't read or speak, you know, whatever it is, but um, character guide in here. Yeah. It, it's I, now that I'm like sort of thinking about it again, your question about like what, what scene mm-hmm. sticks out. It is, for me right now at least it's when they're like on the side of the sea cliff and her sons come to her yeah and i'm like crying in my car oh yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. that was so good and those babies are so like loyal to her which is a truth about sons yeah you know like this book portrayed mother-child relationships so beautifully like the daughter judging her like not in a bad way but like watching judging figuring out what her mom is about and relating that to herself right um but that deep bond between a father and daughter yeah where like i think that's maybe the scenes that are going to stick out for me as a time and distance go for this book is those the winter they spend together Mm -hmm. or when loki first meets um hell and angerboat is like i 
she thinks that she's witnessed love at first sight. Yeah. Like, I love that. Yeah. It was very <laughs> sweet. He is so delighted about everything about his daughter. I yeah. think she is like, if he, it, he would be like, she's got a lot of her dad in her. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, I often, like, I don't know. I definitely <laughs> related to my dad better than to my mom. <laughs> yeah. But there's fraught things with a mother-daughter relationship. Yep. Um, but sons are devoted to their mothers, like, to, to the end of the world. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I felt like that was pretty yeah. well portrayed. What do you think about Angerboda's relationships in the story, whether it was Loki, Scotty, or her children? I sort of felt like Scotty when she was with Loki. Oh, because I'm like, because he's a bad boyfriend. He is a bad boyfriend. He's, he's a bad husband. Exciting. He he's like exciting. Yeah, but like I understand why she likes him. Yeah, completely self-absorbed. <laughs> no care for consequences. That's somebody else's mess to clean up. And and <sighs> I thought the like very realistic like he's feeding her treats and like keeping her up past her bedtime. And he's like, what do I care? She's having a great time. And she's like, you don't know. You're not the one that puts her to bed every night. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's kind of a crappy Literally. husband thing to do. Literally. Yeah. Not the one. No. <laughs> oh. When they, I mean, of course, I'm going to think about her children being torn away from her and how begging. Like, I will be a good girl. Oh, my God. Oh. I know. I'm sorry. I will be good. I promise. Oh, I know. It's that horrible. poor baby. I know. <laughs> and the way that children do that to reconcile the bad things that happen to yeah. them in their life of like, I could just, as I'll just be as good as I promise I'll be good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So sad. Huh. <laughs> um. So Loki's a bad boyfriend. We're yeah. sad for our girlfriend Angerboda being with him, even though he's an exciting man to have around. Yes. He's not a great partner. Um, who loves Scotty? Oh, I love Scotty. I love Scotty. Yeah. Everything oh, better. Sidebar: um, Charlize Theron to play Angerboda. Okay, mm. that's fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could be yeah. sure. Yeah, I don't I'm like. Yeah, that's fine. I didn't have a clear vision of her, so that's that's totally fine. I totally see that. Okay, I was thinking of like a Gwendolyn Christie for Scotty. Exactly. <laughs> Took the words out of my mouth. Yeah. How do I know her? Um, she's she in, in Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. She's um, Brienne. Brienne. Yeah. Yeah. Brienne of Tarth. I didn't the, watch it either. The, but the Sapphire Islands. She's also of um, Captain Phasma in the new Star Wars movies. Yeah. Oh, okay. Also, <laughs> she's in Maybe. Wednesday. She plays the schoolmaster. Oh, master. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, she's a schoolmaster. Okay, Which there you go. I, I love that show. she is a statuesque, oh, glorious woman. Yes. yeah. And gorgeous. Yep. So oh, yeah. I love, but also Scotty. extremely Scotty. talented because she can play Brienne. She can play um, Captain Phasma. <laughs> thank you. Um, and then she plays this very elegant schoolmaster yeah. which i Very love nuanced. that she got to be so beautiful yeah. in that because that i love the costuming and all the, yep. the makeup and everything on that uh the character styling i guess yeah love scotty mm-hmm. how about hunger Bodis children her brood i love the kind of mother she is yeah like if we could all be have such a relationship with our mom where she just she loves looks on who us they are. Does what she needs to do for us exactly as we are. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like that's hard. <laughs> <laughs> I want that for my children, but I know I'm not delivering all the time, you know? She's got the exhaust, but she's still 
she lets them be themselves, but at the same time, she still is trying to guide them mm-hmm. through this world. Mm-hmm. Like, please don't eat your brother. Yeah. Don't try to, <laughs> please don't attack your sister. Yeah. Uh, the kind of thing she and it's exhausting. Yeah, she's doing. She's like this doing the single mom bit yep. with some very challenging children. Yep. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, <laughs> regular children have got to be hard enough, but raising a a giant serpent and a half dead child, you have to rub salve on her dead legs <laughs> and a giant wolf. Yeah, but she got the cuddler. Yeah, yeah. he's a snake, but he's a cuddler. Yes, yeah, so sweet. Yeah, carrying him around so around her waist. <laughs> Nudging his little snake head against hers. Yes. Yeah. Because snakes, snakes as pets to me do not make sense. No. And so to me either. And I have had a snake as a pet, and Um, they're a pretty useless pet, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Roxy doesn't interact at all. But the idea that um, this This snake can express, find a way to be. To, to express those human emotions in a real, like, quantifiable way. I thought that was really sweet. And how, like, good of an author is it to portray it in such a way that you're like, oh, Aww. he's so cute. <laughs> little snake baby. <laughs> and her little wolf pup. Yes. So cute. <laughs> and her daughter with the dead legs. Yes. We're so, well, that was easy for me. Like, yeah. if I, you know... <laughs> Of course, if you were losing your baby and you could pull her back from the de- from yeah, death, why wouldn't you? Of course, I would. And then <laughs> she becomes an angsty so. teenager that doesn't appreciate it, right? <laughs> well, I mean, her legs had wasted away. <laughs> I really yeah. did not like that part when no. they describe how she's walking around yeah. and she makes like a clicking clack, noise. Clack, clack. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh, so that every bit of horror, f- horror, you know, oh, sound effects. I just love oh. it. Um, I. Glad that you brought up that moment because that was a moment that was lost on me <laughs> when um Boat is like, you've prepared your hall for someone. This isn't for me. So who's coming? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she says it's Boulder. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, Boulder died. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> hey, new boyfriend. <laughs> Oh, and I love that, too, because, you know, there was the boys that you liked when you were yeah. like, too young to really understand what a crush was. Yeah. And and then dad sends him your way. Aw. Thanks, dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you have any thoughts on how Loki was presented and inter- interpreted in this novel? Well, yeah. We Sorry. I just wanted to share that we had covered that one. <laughs> yes, we've covered that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, I never trusted him. No, no. no. I, I mean, so he's Loki. The, that's the one thing I, lo- about everything. So Loki in in every portrayal of him. I'm like Thor. Why do you keep trusting I know, him? Because he's so lovable. I know, but right? come on, man. <laughs> like he's like, oh, Loki, you did it again. And you're like, that's what he does. That's the point of Loki. Yeah. He was so sad. Is he knows what childbirth is like. And oh my god, that was my now. favorite. Yeah. <laughs> An eight-legged horse. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? I I had a child with two legs kick me in the back. I cannot imagine having eight eight legs. legs. (laughs) Also, did you find any paintings of that? Because what does that even look like? I I meant to look it up today. An octopus with a horse's head. (laughs) But how does Odin ride that then? I don't know. It says it was graceful. Yeah, sure it was. I was telling James that I was like, when I was reading this book, I'm like, 
oh, it's about Loki and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, Loki just turned into a horse and got impregnated by another horse and has to stay a horse until he gives birth as a horse. And then he gave birth to an eight-legged horse baby. And James was like, oh, yeah, that horse baby's name is blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, how do you know that? That was the point where I was like, how do you know these things? Yep. Um, Yeah. I liked that part. (laughs) It says he's slippery. So maybe he was birthed well. Gross. That's what his name means. It's like slippery slipnir wasn't it slip yeah um slippery like his dad when it comes to the truth oh this is a horrifying drawing (laughs) here oh i don't like that at all (laughs) don't show me that picture (laughs) well there's a nice tell people what to google to look at that scary picture (laughs) okay uh well i just googled eight-legged horse in norse mythology and what google shows you for images this is the one do you think you know everything about slipnir's history i don't know anything anything about i mean we know a little bit that's true now loki's first child um I was thinking that, like, it's obvious that Loki was going to be drawn back to his family with Angerboda over yeah. um, Sagoon because they're interesting. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And his other two sons are probably boring. They're probably fine. <laughs> they're probably fine. They're boring. Ordinary, they're yeah. ordinary. But I want to go play with God. my wolf baby. Right, 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 right. And my adorable daughter, that because that's his only daughter of all his children, even the horse. Uh, yeah, yeah, the horse is a boy. What? Sigun. 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 I felt really bad for her. I think you're I had to. a lot of sympathy uh, for her. I feel medium because she married him knowing he had another wife. Well, did she? Yeah. She, no, did she it tell it her? Sounded yes. like mm. he's first of all never lied. Oh, that's true. But and he, he told the Asgardians that he had a wife. Never told him about the children, though. She didn't know. She he she, did tell he knew, her about. I don't think that she there knew were the children. nature of her yeah. children, oh, which she, is exactly she what, thought they were just yeah. kids like her. Kids. You never told me the nature of these children. They're monsters. They're monsters. Yeah. And then I would have oh, torn when her he eyes said out. It and the kids heard him say that. Yeah. Ah. Uh, yeah. And still, Hell loved her father, even though he thought she oh, was a monster. I wonder, are there children who still love their parents after they've been hurt by them? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> there have been a lot of marketing comparisons between this book and Madeline Miller's Circe. Mm. What did you think oh, of I this marketing choice? Uh, okay. Two moms. Sure. Two fierce moms. Yeah. I really liked Circe, and I really liked <laughs> yeah. this book. And it, they, one, both of them made me want to learn more about both if one directed me to the other, I'm happy for that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. If they okay, were cool. not in competition. <laughs> yeah. They were not in competition. That's fine. No. I liked, oh, they wanted, I wanted to read both. Yeah. Uh, the parts of this book were separated out in very deliberate chunks of time and very deliberate themes. Mm. Did you have a part that you liked best? I was frustrated by the lack of chapters because it was hard for me to look things up later on. Um, I had like the ebook version that I was like reading, but then when I was listening, I was like, oh, I want to go back and see, but I had a really hard time finding anything Mm -hmm. because the first part is just half of a book. Five hours. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's so, actually how I I acted. I was like, I'm so confused by the beginning. I should start it over. Yeah. But I actually had let it autoplay with my volume down, and I didn't know. And it went like uh. an hour ahead, and I didn't know there weren't chapters. So I just hit the back button. Back to the beginning. And you go. Back to the beginning. I'm like, oh, okay, well, an hour I, lost. Yeah. But I need this anyway. <laughs> I understand why if you were like when I was reading the book, it was fine. But when I was listening to it, I, sometimes I, you know, I wanted to go back or whatever. But that was a little. But I understand why the author 
organize it that way because you're right it's very much like in three parts Mm -hmm. you know of the beginning the first part is so long and that's her life with loki and raising her children Mm -hmm. and all that um so yeah i enjoyed the uh the way that it was structured i I didn't find it Mm -hmm. slow or or draggy or anything it did not feel like 11 hours no no Mm -hmm. Um, it's so engaging i thought the way that timed time the perception of time moving in this was very interesting mm-hmm. because at times like their winter together when loki spends that next winter with her that is a lifetime mm-hmm. or the three the thimble winter that yeah. that's a long time too but her roaming when she's right, trying to like gather 17 years or something yeah like the children were little and now they're teenagers but i like, also don't know how demigods age so i'm like i don't was know was it even only 17 years like because we're just assuming, right because yeah. she's a, a five-year-old to being an adult right so that's a fair assumption of time yeah um so th- that was interesting where where time was drawn out and, and where it was spent yeah and they yeah the and time. moved quickly yeah um but again maybe that is to show the that time is maybe meaningless to these beings yeah 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 age and um and trying to figure out like like how what these people look like because for me for anger voda i was sort of picturing an old woman for a lot of it yeah because yeah. of her like her her personality yeah her yeah her inner the way that she speaks and the way that she acts i'm like this is a person who has lived and seen some things but i don't think that that's what she looked like it's just what my brain conjured to be for her to be i'm like i don't know she's an old lady but she's not an old lady (laughs) (laughs) um this did this book impact your mood like overall like like the slesning book that definitely impacted my mood great book i'm never gonna back down on it being a great book but it most certainly yeah affected my mood how about this one there were lots of times where i had my headphones on and listened to it in the kitchen while i'm making food and stuff and i might have startled some people going no (laughs) no 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 yeah or or oh my god yeah yeah i i I made me audibly cry out you were very engaged i was in a good mood reading this book it made me like feel good yeah. yeah yeah it wasn't like even though really bad things happen yeah, yeah, yeah. but but in in general it was it was in, a great story and it was such an interesting yeah. book that like i felt very engaged listening to it or reading it like i thoroughly enjoyed it so invested and uplifted yeah yeah, yeah. and i'm i think a good mix yeah. Of, yeah. of both those feelings yeah okay that is my all of my questions but i have this one thought okay so do you think because Loki also seems to have a hard time remembering his past. Yeah. Right? Did, yeah. Did yeah. you pick up on that? A little yeah. bit, yeah. A little bit. Do you think this had all happened before with them? Oh, I don't know. Like, like maybe in a past one, life they found each other too? No, not Ragnarok. Oh. Just their love affair. Oh. As, as Gulbeg. Do you think that maybe... Maybe they found each other again when he brings. I could see that. I could see. Yeah. Yeah. That was like a nagging thought in my head Mm -hmm. the whole time of like, is he one of the things she can't remember? Yeah. This, this, um, like a drug. (laughs) It could definitely be. There's some quote that I heard. I don't remember what it was from. Oh, it's from Lord of the Rings. (laughs) Um, Aragorn and, um, Arwen. 
I can't remember who says it, but it's like in any lifetime I would have found you or something like right that. Right on. It's like mm-hmm. I wonder if that's the. Yes. But I don't think that their love is as pure as that. No, <laughs> I don't think anybody's is. But no. Yeah. <laughs> but no, that's an but yeah, thought. that's that's where my brain is. That little yeah, tickle. They would have found like, each other in a different life as well. Yeah, and had they before? Yeah, because um, there's a there's something that never is answered. Right. I mean, I maybe I didn't catch it if it is. The, does the she wolf ever tell um, Angerboda why she left the the yarn mirrors? Is that what they were called? The yarn, peop- yeah. I don't mm-hmm. know, but I felt like I missed a lot that I'm like, I could reread this and I feel like I would get so much more out of it because yeah. I felt like I was missing things sometimes where I'm like, I sh- like if I had listened, if I had read the f- whole book that I felt like I would have gotten a lot more out of it. And I sort of shot myself in the foot without giving myself the time to read the whole thing. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. I'd like to read it again because I do feel like I missed stuff. Um, I have a question. Yeah. Who's going to teach me how to nullbin? Thank you for bringing that (laughs) up because I was like, how in the back of my head right now, I'm like, we got to talk about our null binding. Yeah. I want to know. I love that. Um, I'm like, that's one of those things that I've always been like, I'll learn that someday. I never have. But somebody null binds in our like former Anacapa community. Someone in our circle. Not someone we've seen in a long time. But there is someone who knows how to not buy. I'm sure I could learn the basics. Yeah. But we could learn anything. We know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like to think I could teach myself. I, how to I know do you anything. could. Yeah. Um, but it would be fun to learn it from someone. Yes. Yeah. Uh, to feel, you know, that's the point of why we teach people in person. <laughs> yes. I want to be taught. Um, I loved that. Yes. And loved it. Mom. Okay. So yeah. she's tucking her in at the end of part two. She's tucking her in and takes the time to. To mention, she takes those ancient um, fingerless mitts off. Oh, when she's working on them in secret, and she oh, doesn't want her mom to yes. see what she's doing. Oh, I love that. And she's so working much. so hard on it, and she gives her the president. And she's like, "You made these for me. Oh, oh so oh. cute." And even when she visited her down down in the underworld, she's like, "You." St-. It made an impact that no matter what happened, her mother still wears her gift. Mm-hmm. And how much sorrow, like all the sorrow that goes along with uh, hell being kidnapped and stolen away to Asgard. And she's there and she doesn't have her favorite toy. Oh, I know. Or, or her fiber wall binding to keep her hands busy. Like the I could, torment of that. That would be the worst torment to be in charge of this, this underworld kingdom and no yarn. Yeah. Yeah. I also liked um, Gerd. And her tablet woven yes. belt too. Oh, Gerd. <laughs> oh, Gerd. Oh, I liked her and then Gerd she or whatever. Was yeah. Let us. Yeah, well, then I saw her name written and it's like G E R D, right? Like, yeah. well, it's G U R D, but the pronunciation's yeah. G E R D, and it's like ah, yes, that terrible disease. Yes, that's you. That thing. <laughs> <laughs> Choking people. <laughs> uh, yeah, I loved the uh, fiber art representation in this. Yes. So the next book, the Weaver and yeah. the Witch Queen. Excited about that. It's the weaver. Weaving. Yeah. Weaving. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, I mean, is another important part of Norse um, yes. ca- culture is their, their so maybe we phenomenal weaving. A, a sequel, f- a future sequel where we, all three of us read it. Yeah. You mean a book club episode? Yeah. <laughs> a, a sequel to the book club episode. Yeah. Part two. Not, not immediately. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. There's so many things to read. Um, 
anybody finish any books this? I read two books this month apart <gasps> from this. Congratulations. Aren't you proud of me? Oh, I sorry. I wanted to say I have this note uh, pulled up that I wrote down yesterday. Thor Ragnarok is one of my top ten favorite movies. <laughs> I love that movie so much. It's... And um, I have a controversial opinion about it. Okay. It's barely a Thor movie. It's really a Hulk movie. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of Hulk in that movie. But I I'm love that movie very much. And um, so when I was reading this book, it made me appreciate and want to watch it again. So when I finished the book yesterday, I was like, James, we're watching this today. Because mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know. All of the characters, like, they're... I, I wrote down characters that are in it that are represented in the book. So I can't... Is it Cert? The um the god with the flaming sword that causes the uh, apocalypse yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. So Serta is in Thor Ragnarok. Ah, he's the one that causes ooh. Ragnarok. He gets, nice. he's yep. you know born from the f- eternal flame. Um the dragon who I don't know how to say their name, Njolker. <laughs> I don't know. Um is in it, and uh Hell obviously. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um. Also, not the right relationships. No. No, that's all wrong. <laughs> but I, I love her. Hell, as hell versus Hella. Yeah. yeah. And also, at one point in the movie, Loki says to Thor, Thor's like, why didn't you see this coming or whatever? And Loki says, I can't see into the future. I'm not a witch. And I was like, he's married to a witch that can see into the future in the book. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I never caught that before. <sighs> so, yeah, I it made me uh, appreciate one of my favorite movies more, so. I thoroughly enjoyed it. But I love the idea that that Loki has a love affair, which I started to yeah. think about the show and yeah. like him falling in love with his own like time split self. Yes. <laughs> I need to rewatch that. It's been a minute. Yeah. And it's coming back, I think. I think it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So the other two books I read this month are The Love Hypothesis by Ellie Alley. Hazelwood, I think, mm-hmm. which is a book that I have always meant to ra- read. It has been in my like nook waiting for me for a long time. Um, cute romance novel. The characters are based on, I think it's sort of like a, um, you know how Fifty Shades of Grey started as a fan, fan fiction? fiction. Mm-hmm. So I think that these characters started as a Ray and um, Kylo fan fiction oh. because they're based on like the main character um i can't remember his name the the love interest is basically like kylo ren um but it was very cute liked it and then i read god spare the girls by um kelsey mckinney um which was fantastic my um cousin recommended it to me um it's about two sisters who are like pastor's daughters in texas of like a mega church and sort of like a falling out with that community and them like learning about themselves and and their sisterhood and it was very very good i i really enjoyed um that kelsey mckinney is the host of a podcast that i enjoy and so when i heard that i knew she had written a novel i hadn't looked it up um and then my cousin was like have you read our book yet and it was very good so those are the two books that i read this month I'm proud of myself that I read three whole books this month. Yeah. <clears throat> Karen, what have you read? I listened to a lot of books. You don't have them. to remember. You don't that's, have to no, that's still differentiate. Uh, not, not here, Karen. You're safe. <laughs> I had I got I got through two out of the three um books in this series by uh Nettie Okafor, Akata Witch and Akata Warrior. That's so on my like future read list. Well I I believe I have the I have the paper copy, but I did chose to listen to it, 
and I have a Cloud of Warrior, which is the third one to listen to. Or uh, two of my favorites is the Monsters We Defy by Leslie Penelope. So good. Um, think of it as it, it's kind of horror fun fiction set in abolitionist in no it not abolitionist in um what's it when you can't have drink oh um prohibition and prohibition i know it's a different kind of issue <laughs> <laughs> prohibition something that else sucky fun uh burnt offerings this is the a recent one by stephen graham jones and somebody else so i think it was a, 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 a and that was that was another interesting it's you know the people go they're trying dying to get out of the city and um they go they get this unbelievable i mean like crazy unbelievable summer you know in a, in this mansion this extremely expensive mansion filled with priceless paintings and art and everything for $900 for the whole summer Oh, that sounds like a trip my husband was trying to make, like, yeah. plan to go, going to Ensenada. And, and their child <laughs> like, tra- seems like, like a right price. did you see that old tricycle and all the blood that was on it? Ooh. <laughs> and all these weird things are like... It's like when you buy a house in a horror super movie. Well, yeah. You don't know it's a horror movie, yeah. but you buy a house and you get a really good deal on it. <laughs> you don't yeah. know you're it's, in a it's horror a, movie. It's a, it's a dun, dun, dun. <laughs> it's so good, though. And they... And there's the one caveat. There's an old person who cannot be moved. You'll never see her. You'll never even notice she's <laughs> oh. there. Just leave some food on a tray for no. her. I think I saw it. Because, like, I, at some point I was so good, though. kind of, like, obsessed with all the bad roommate squatter stories. And I think I came across a listing for, like, somebody was trying to sell a house where there's somebody living in the upstairs. Don't worry about them. Oh, no. I'll worry about them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I will be worried. <laughs> okay. Absolute favorite was is my fifth book, Cat and Vivian. Oh, what's that about? And uh, I had it up a moment ago. Okay, so uh, was it Vivian is a former reporter and a newlywed. Doesn't know what to do with herself after an incident with her husband forces her to question their partnership and her future. Yearning for the ocean air and a sense of home, she retreats to Tybee Island to clear her head and to visit her nana, a retired PI who now struggles with dementia. The phone rings. Catherine Grant, a housewife living in a private development nearby, woke up to find her husband and her baby girl missing. And she's desperate for help. Is she? Mm-hmm. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. It's not like that kind of story. <laughs> it's it's more of a crime-solving PI. It's like Vivian is in a tough spot. She goes to visit her nana trying to hide the bruises. Ooh. And... Won't answer her phone, her husband's phone calls, trying to just get some air and some space in her head. And she gets this call. Her mo- her grandmother was famous for her PI work, but she can't do this anymore because she has dementia. But she has notes and she's trained. She kind of raised Vivian. Uh-huh. And so Vivian is the one that was hired to try to solve this mystery that may or may not really be a mystery. And, oh. and Kat, is, Catherine Grant is the sometimes dramatic <laughs> known for her is drama she an untrustworthy uh yeah she might be she might character. be yeah right. so it was it was really good there's just this juxtaposition well read that is by who is the author of that one um da, 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 by amanda Iyer ward cat and vivian it's a really good listen too okay so. i like you i think you said something about like having a productive month <laughs> 
Like I always had a pretty productive oh, month. Yeah. So I like listened to a lot of things. I snuck some nonfiction in. Nice. Uh, a book called Nine Pints by Rose George. It's about like it's based. It's a UK um, perspective on um, the business surrounding blood donation, which mm. I'm a, I'm very pro blood donation. Yeah. Um, so it was really fascinating. It only touches on the American market a little bit, but it's nothing good. <laughs> and I recommend it to anyone, even if you are not into blood donation, because it has some like really interesting things about like um, attitudes about menstruation around the world, um, which is really, really interesting about like how things concerning this this vital fluid craft our world um fascinating and haunting um i've made it through a couple more uh inspector ganache gamache novels um i think i'm on novel on the 10th one ninth or 10th so you'll stop hearing about this i'm about halfway through (laughs) i think she's got 17 books um you had the audiobook on last saturday and it was or whenever i saw you last and i was happy to Kind of turn right, off the, what I was listening the, to because I recognize the narrator's the, wonderful. I, yeah, and it's the same one throughout. So yeah, you, they're like old friends. Yes, exactly. Um, I listen to this very weird. I, I'm like Audible does these podcasts that are more like audio plays. Yeah, this was called the prophecy, and it was the idea is that all these biblical, um stories were coming true in modern life all at one time so like the storm to flood mary and the immaculate birth uh doubting thomas um i think they were setting up joan of arc but they never like followed that through uh jonah and the whale and daniel in the lion's cave and there's some other peripheral things and the idea is that like that there have been many comings of Jesus and that this is, it was very much like a story of like racial justice because it's um, Carrie Washington and is the main character and she's portraying Mary. I did Mary. listen to that. It, it was, was, so, it was interesting. good. Interesting. I'm still digesting it, but yeah. at the end it comes to the like, it comes to the point where they're like, yeah. and they're not even being, they're not obfuscating the point at all. She's like, this is what every black child, black male child in the world is going to face. And so I'm not, I'm not going to protect my son in any other extraordinary way. He's going to have a life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think I gave up on the last episode where they were starting to like show the horrible, bad racist leader who was being <laughs> coming into power. I think I, I still need to finish the last episode. Yeah. Actually, I have three minutes left, so I can't... How much more could they be doing in three <laughs> minutes? So I, I've almost made it through. Um, but very, very well acted. Mm. Um, all the talents were really, really good. Um, and now for my ultimate favorite. Andy Weir, the author of mm-hmm. The Martian mm-hmm. and Artemis. Mm-hmm. I just finished Project Hail Mary. Ooh. It's amazing. I have thought about it as a book club book many times, but it's 17 hours. Mm. <laughs> so I keep thinking, that's nah, kind of long, but you cannot put it down. Okay. It will not be a book club offering, but I do really recommend it. And unfortunately, I can't tell you one thing about it without ruining it. 
Oh wow! Um, I am so intrigued. You have to just <laughs> have to start it and experience it. So, for example, I've been looking more and more at Goodreads to get a gist of what's out there because sometimes it's a little overwhelming, yeah. right? So, I loved Artemis. It's a heist story, basically uh-huh. on the mm-hmm. moon. Yeah, I liked it. <laughs> I really loved it, and mm-hmm. but it's not as well reviewed as The Martian. The Martian is like four point six stars or something yep. with mm-hmm. a with over a million reviews or a million star ratings. Artemis is only like three point eight, which makes me very sad. How is it not over four? Yeah. But it only has like two hundred fifty thousand stars or star ratings. Project Hail Mary came out maybe two years ago. It has half a million ratings, and it is um, almost equal with The Martian. Mm. Hmm. It's really good, guys. Okay. And I've just been recommending it all over the place. Same thing of like, I'm so sorry I can't tell you anything about it. (laughs) You just have to go on the reputation of Andy Weir being a very good craftsperson of storytelling. Mm -hmm. Um, And... I, one of my coworkers who I recommended Artemis to and he enjoyed, he he started listening and I'm like, sorry, you just have to trust me. It's good. And the same thing, he's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe what's unraveling. Kevin listened to it in like three days. Wow. <laughs> I mean, maybe it was like a Thursday to a Tuesday or something because mm-hmm. um, he couldn't put it down. Um, Dante is torturing us because he only listens to it at bedtime and he's doing three chapters a night. Wow. <laughs> And you're like, come on, man, I want to talk to you. (laughs) Because you can't, like, everything triggers something else to unfurl in the storytelling. And you can't, like, talk about it until someone's all the way done. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Um, It's making, like, my all-time favorite book list um, for how much I enjoyed it. Um, So that's what I read. Nice. Um, Karen. What are we reading next? You're the chooser of the next book. Okay, so... I just saw the title of this one, and I'm like, that sounds fascinating. (laughs) I didn't even look at the inside cover or do reviews. It's a novel by Jesse Q. Sutanto, um, national bestselling author of Dial A for Aunties. Um, Haven't read that one either. (laughs) It's called Vera Wong's Unsolicited Advice for Murderers. (laughs) I mean... It, it, it had me. <laughs> well, I love Vera Wong, but it, Vera Wang. <laughs> this is Vera Wong. Yes. <laughs> I, I think maybe a little bit older. Right. So here, Vera Wong is a lonely little old lady, uh, well, lady of a certain age, <laughs> who lives above her forgotten tea shop in the middle of San Francisco's Chinatown. Now, despite living alone, Vera is not needy. Oh, no. She likes nothing more than sipping on a good cup of oolong and doing some healthy detective work on the internet about what her Gen Z son is up to. Then one morning, Vera trudges downstairs to find a curious thing. There's a dead man in the middle of her tea shop. In his outstretched hand is a flash drive. Vera doesn't know what comes over her, but after calling the cops like any good citizen would, she sort of swipes the flash drive off the body and tucks it safely into her pocket of her apron. Well, why? Because Vera is sure she will do a better job than the police possibly can. (laughs) Nobody sniffs out a wrongdoing quite like a suspicious Chinese mother with time on her hands. Vera knows the killer will be back for the flash drive. All she has to do is watch the increasing number of customers at her shop and figure out which one among them is the killer. What Vera does not expect is to form friendships with her customers and to start to care for each and every one of them. 
As a protective mother hen, will she end up having to give one of her newfound chicks to the police? Mm. So. Cool. Interesting. It sounds a little light. Yeah. <laughs> I like that one. Yes. I like, and it's a very cute cover. <laughs> yeah. And the cover is this cartoon illustration of what looks like blinds and um, what looks like a, a Chinese grandma. You see part of her face and her hand pulling the blinds, like the vertical blinds down a little bit. So clearly these are not my wood ones. These would be the old mm-hmm. uh, aluminum kind that they have. <laughs> and I actually have them here. Karen would be very mad if you bent her wooden blinds. <laughs> Maybe they just would substitute their plastic, but they're harder. So, um, well, I'm really glad you guys enjoyed my tour. Yeah, very um, much. And so. I'm looking forward to yours. It sounds really fun, Karen. Okie dokie. Well, if you read this book or any of the books we talked about, or any book that you want us to talk about, um, let us know. You can leave us a comment or shoot us an email or. Uh, wherever you, you know, contact us. Or if you see us in person, tell us that too. Um, I'd love to see you in person. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we hope you enjoyed. Um, check us out um, in our regular podcast episodes. They come out the first Tuesday of the month. And then book clubs come out the third Tuesday of the month. So um, you can hear from us then. And we will see y'all next time. Bye, everyone. See ya. See ya. Strings Unraveled is a production of Strings and Things Studio with Anne Lecrevin Cazzoli, Katie Von Rader Fraker, and Karen Wilmoth. Recorded and edited by Katie Von Rader Fraker. Find us online at stringsandthingsstudio.com or on Facebook or Instagram at stringsandthingsstudio. You can email us at stringsandthingsinfo at gmail.com. 